Hello everyone, welcome to Can't Afford to Record, the YouTube channel where we figure out the art of audio production together. I'm Robbie Miller and this is of course the podcast edition of Can't Afford to Record, where I take the opportunity to speak with folks in the industry, pick their brains and learn as much as I can. Today, we're catching up with Thomas Blug. Thomas has an impressive history of inventing and designing guitar-based products from pedals to speaker cab emulators to his legendary Amp One. But Thomas doesn't just churn out incredible products. He's an amazing guitarist too. Go check out his song, My House is Green, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I hope you enjoy this episode. Be sure to visit the video version of this conversation on the YouTube channel for more details about Thomas and Can't Afford to Record. Musician, guitarist, songwriter, innovator, sound designer, and all-round audio guru, Mr. Thomas Blug, thanks for coming on Can't Afford to Record. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you. Uh, it's a, a real pleasure to have, yeah, to be on your show. And um, actually, what some people don't know, I used to be a producer as well. I I had a, a business card saying, um, 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 being a record producer for this was a period in my life around two thousand for about four years, and okay. um, I had. Um, done a, f a few different kind of productions. Uh, <laughs> uh, Aloha Records was one. Um, I was producing a, um, a sister kind of couple from Hawaii. And, wow. and they had a one Hawaiian Grammy. Um, um, this was uh, Loeka um, and Pomai Longakit, which is a very uh, Hawaiian name. And yes. uh, their parents were already musicians. So they flew me into Hawaii to record in a studio in Hawaii. And back in the days, I didn't have a laptop. I, had, I brought my Mac, whatever, uh, 7,300, uh, um, you know, the, the, the gray box and uh, um, a, a f an interface and recorded uh, in Hawaii. This was one of the jobs. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Thomas, we're already into the stories already, and I absolutely love that. Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a fan for a second, okay? And then, and then I'll try and rein it back in, because I absolutely love, I love everything you do. I am a proud owner of an Amp One. Um, mine is, mine's the, the original model. Mine's a silver. For those who are listening on the audio version of this, I'm holding up my Amp One now. And I might just go as far to say... It's one of the best purchases I think I've I've well I've ever bought. One of. Wow. Um, thank I've you. got well, thank you for making such an amazing product. Um I'll tell you quickly my history about it and then I'll tell you why I love it so much. Um we because we've never actually met in person, but we have a mutual connection because I play guitar for Ryan Roxy when he's not ah. playing with Alice Cooper. Mm -hmm. So I did a couple of tours with Ryan um, in the States, where I used to live in the States. Um, and I remember him come to the first rehearsal for this tour that we were doing called Planet Axe. And he said, I've got an Amp One. And we were all like, what's an Amp One? So he plugs it in. We A-B it with a Marshall JCM 900. We're like, this thing sounds amazing. It sounds incredible. And... It was just so um, inspiring to watch him use that amp every night. I was playing bass on this tour, and um, you and I'm and I'm a guitarist mainly. I'm watching him use this amp, and I'm thinking, why do I try and carry Fender Twins around anywhere? Why am I trying to do this? So, anyways, um, after that, I did a, a small UK run with Ryan. He brings the amp one again. Great. I watched him use it again every night. It's amazing sounding. And then we did another Planet Axe tour in the States again. And I watched him use it all through the tour again. And I thought, okay, I have to, I have to get one of these. It's so incredible. Um, and let me tell you, because uh, this is going to be quite a gu guitar-based episode, I feel. <laughs> um, if you, th there is no better feeling, folks, than going to a gig and taking out 100 watt amplifier that fits in your backpack and, and watch all the other support bands and guitarists wheel in their Fender Twins and <laughs> bring up their Marshall cabs and yeah. 
I'm telling you, it's the most incredible feeling. So I just want to say thank you for, for everything you've done with this product because um, I think for me as a guitarist, it's changed a lot of things that I do now. I record with this amp every single day. And all the guitars off my EP that I just released, they're all amp one. I didn't use any other amp. So I'm a huge fan. Um, and I'm using the uh, the silver version, the silver edition of this. You've had two more editions of this. Um, yeah. So I guess I, I'm going to rein it back in a little bit now and talk about some recording and sort of your experiences. But we are going to come back to the amp one because I have more questions about it um, or, or want to get a bit more insight about it. But that is my introduction to, to what you do. And uh, and yeah, your, your wonderful products here. But my first question to you, Thomas Blug, is... Do you remember a time when you couldn't afford to record? Hmm. You know, when I was a teenager and when I started my hobby being a guitar player, um, I didn't have the tools to record. Okay. Um, I was kind of lucky because my father was using, uh, uh, used to work at a university. So he had kind of an old dictaphone. And right. he had already a tape machine, like a... Uh, a German brand called Uha, maybe you know, maybe not. You know, there was there was Revox, Revox. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, and and the German brand called Uha, and they made very portable, um, real tape recorders, and um, they were used to do interviews with um, you know a, a journalist and stuff like this, and it they were portable. And actually, I stole some of the ideas from the M1. Side control, the Uha tape machine had some some twiddly bits here like that, and so I'm you know, as even as a, as a kid I I saw technology in that kind of form, um, so I was kind of spoiled um, to have some op opportunities. But my first real um, recording device I had was <laughs> some I think it was Japanese. It was like a, a cassette player with a yep. built-in rhythm machine, like a drum machine, um, with the typical electronic sounds of the 80s. <laughs> and, but the, the thing is, I could do a, a double rec a track. So I could, I could record one track with the drum machine as my rhythm uh, track, and I could have another track added on, like I, I was practicing solo guitar or you know, write to write songs. So, so this was my um, my starting points. Um, I know recording today is way easier than back in the day. And um, okay, I'm honest, I had some abilities even from the start. <laughs> right. And when did you, I mean, can you maybe even remember the first time when you were fooling around with that you know maybe that simple drum machine and recording device when you were like i can do this and i can yeah. do it better was there was there ever those moments absolutely I, I you know it is the the moment you can play back what you played what you and listen to yourself that's a magic moment it's like changing the perspective you know before that i was a listener to other players deep purple and whatever uh, you know music i liked but uh, the moment you can listen to yourself is life it's life-changing it's actually it's like wow do i hate myself do i like it's like listen to your own voice and i, I i'm i'm kind of sensitive i'm you know i can feel like oh this is total shit and ah oh, that's not too bad and then you can decide where to carry on, which are your weak points and the strong points and and then, you know, evolve naturally by just doing that process, recording, listening back. Do you remember, uh, did you, do you remember a song that you recorded on that device? Do you, did you make an album? Did you, did you make a collection of songs? Can you remember them? Yeah, I, 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 I you know, on my first uh, tape, uh, tapes, cassettes, um, I had a, a bunch of like 10 songs that I kind of wrote, but um, not that. F and, and then I started to make my own band at school. And then we actually bought a Porter studio, you know, the Tascam, what mm -hmm. was it? One, 144 or 244, you know, 
the, we had the first one without the parametric EQ and then we got the second one with the parametric uh, frequencies. And, and, uh, and, and all the while, while you're sort of trying these different devices and, and learning these different recording devices, are you thinking to yourself like, okay, but I want to do this, like I want to make a product like this. Like when, when did that happen? When were you like, I want to con contribute to the audio world either with amp design, pedal design, recording, interface design. Uh, when was that? When did that come apparent to you when you were like, I need, I can do better than what I'm using. Yeah. Right now. Well, well it, it was a natural progression because my first hobby was electronics. So before I picked up the guitar and I, before I was a musician, I already built my, myself, uh, my own home stereo. You know, I had a, um, you know, transistor amp and uh, I, I, yeah, I had uh, homemade cabinets. I, of course, I copied, I was co copying like the Bose speaker with the nine uh, broadband uh, kind of things, having an extra EQ to, you know, all that weird shit. And mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, so I was already into well, kind of making products for myself. This was just my hobby, you know. I'm, I, I was uh, soldering. I was uh, making uh, PCBs. Uh, I was doing How old little. Were you? About nine, ten. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, to be honest, the level was not that high. Um, but uh, of course, but I, I could do something, you know. And the, the background is also again to my father because my father was at the university, and after school, I went. Uh, he he picked me up to a university so I could do my homework in his office or next to the office. And then when I finished my schoolwork, what to do? You know, he was kind of talking to other professors and, you know, being a boy of 10, uh, this is bullshit to you. So I was wandering around the building and the only guy that I really found exciting was the technician. They had a technician, he was repairing cameras and audio and he taught me, you know, how to make a power supply, how to make an amplifier and, you know, get the light on and off and, you know, the easy stuff for the start. And, yeah. and I... I still remember the smell of the old electronics, you know, when they had, they had uh, uh, some nice studios at the university for, to record um, people in interviews and they, they, they did something like micro teaching for when they, um, uh, when they taught teachers how to teach, what kind of words and gestures they were using so they could monitor it. At that age, I didn't care, you know, they were just talking and I was interested in the electronic side of it and, uh, you know, this magic knobs here and there and the uh, uh, screens and, and mm -hmm. yeah, so this, this, this was my fascination. That's so cool. And so you were building a home studio at the ages of nine or ten <laughs> and looking to improve and, and just tinkering around and and probably having very sort of magical moments of realization of, oh, if I attach this to this, I'll get this audio yeah. sound if I, if I do this. So were you recording friends' bands? Were you recording other musician friends for, for fun as well? Um, well, first I was heavily into recording my own school band and my friend uh, who was a drummer had a nice, uh, we had a nice uh, rehearsal room, very nice. I have to say, this was an old building and the father had something like a wine cellar where, where there was a lot of wine and there was a nice reverb. So we put a, a speaker because back in those days, we didn't have the, uh, the, the money to, to buy a real proper digital, digital reverb, you know, wasn't affordable. D don't even think about it. About <laughs> it. So, so we put in a speaker and mic'd up the reflections of that wine cellar room. And we used that on the snare, you know, yeah, we got reverb, real reverb, you know. And um, wow. yeah, besides that, um, some, some old tape machine as an echo, um, and, uh, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, we, we, we recorded our own band a lot and, um, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't actually know. Then, um, of course I had some friends that I invited and I started several projects. In the end I had like three bands 
and my time at school was kind of critical because I spent too much time not doing the school things. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, then I became kind of um, already semi-professional musician. And back in the days, I had a roadie, you know. Today, I can't... Today, I, I have to lug around the gear myself. This is why I designed this, this stuff. You, 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 know? you got to lug around this four-pound <laughs> amplifier somehow. Yeah, yeah it's terrible. Um, yeah, yeah. How inspiring. And, and that's kind of what, this, what I'm trying to create with this channel and podcast, Thomas, is, you know, it's called Can't Afford to Record. Because, you know, you know what? I have been lucky enough to be in some bands where I've got to play in some nice studios and whatnot, but that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, yeah. It really, really doesn't. And... How do I write songs? How do I demo new ideas? I do it in Logic. And I mean, the, the features and the functionality of being able to record now and, and, and whatnot. I think this is my latest piece of like upgraded equipment is my SM7B. Um, yeah. But it's, it's sort of dealing with what I have and which, which it, to be honest, was way more than what you had back in the day you know trying to make your own impulse response in a in a wine cellar and all that yeah. kind of stuff so i guess my question is from that kind of level to you know starting to produce or be a session guitarist yeah. in different studios when did your ears tweak and develop because i think when we've when we start making demos in in, a, in our teenage years we balance the faders and then we're like well okay Sounds good. We don't do yeah. anything else. No. When did it get more in depth for you? Well, um, I got hired as a session player and then I could watch the proper engineers doing the jobs. And then, of course, you know, they had proper monitors. They had like, you know, GPL or, you know, high quality studio monitors. And then suddenly you can hear the music differently and then of course you you watch those guys and you you learn a lot from them i learned a lot from them it's like oh okay this is how the drum sounds when he's recording them ah okay let me try it again with my porter studio you know or, or it's like ah this is what he's doing to the vocals to get it more crispy and compressed and you know uh, maybe he he reduces a few of whatever this kind of in the voice or um, adds a little bit of that and you know so so you learn the recipes of uh, you know uh, 1176 compressors and the classic stuff and a, um, a plate reverb uh, you know and uh, a lexicon whatever uh, PCM or the big one 480 you know and so you know I was a session guy at the age of 17 and then wow. uh, constantly recording like every, I don't know, second month. I was still at school, but uh, for some reason people booked me uh, because I, I got connection with a producer and I was young, I was cheap and somehow I, I could do the jobs. And so he was happy, I was happy, you know. And I bet you were slightly different to other session guitarists at the time where instead of just coming in, laying down the track, getting paid, leaving, you were probably, over, you know, standing over the engineer's shoulder watching them do everything and trying, like, can I stick around? Can I learn more? Can I, you know? Absolutely. I mean, and that's, you know, um, recording is an art and it's so complex. That, and the point is, um, when does it stop? It never stops, you know? And, 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 and so it's exciting. And maybe uh, these guys liked me because I was interested and I was not getting on their nerves too much. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a guy that knows when to shut the mouth and just listen. You know, right. and, there's the, 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 and, and of course, sometimes when you feel, oh, the guy wants to talk, I can ask a few more questions. Hey, did you try this? And why you use that microphone on that bass drum? And uh, what's this? And then, you know, be quiet for a moment and have the respect for their work because it's their job but right. uh, sometimes the guys were happy to tell me what they have been doing and uh, of course it's excitement and it, it, and, and, and it made me happy and that made them happy again so you know absolutely 
yeah, they've got someone in there that's passionate but knows the boundaries, yeah. isn't just going to be wanting to turn knobs and dials nonstop and is a great guitarist and is cool yeah. to be around. And, and that's isn't that what it's all about? It's the hang. It's about the relationships yeah. you build. And then I'm sure you being that way and, and just, you know, wanting to ask questions, but knowing when to not ask questions and when to play your instrument and what they were probably like, well, let's get Thomas back in. He's a great, yeah. you know, he's a great guy to yeah. have around, you know, and, 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 and there's one thing about. I, yeah. And I, one thing I, I was good at that age even was I could offer some good guitar sounds. They booked me because I could make kind of arrangements using, you know, three different guitar sounds, my Strat, a Les Paul, Overdrive, Clean, uh, uh, and the in-between dirty sounds, uh, I had a flanger even at that, uh, you know, and, and a few effects and I, kn I knew how to use them to make a production sound good. And right. I think that's the job of a good session player. I mean, if you're the best uh, Ingvi Malmsteen fast player, uh, you're not the best session player. But if you know how to make a, a song shine and kind of do an arrangement that is you know the job is always halfway being a producer i mean the, the, the producer has has the head on and he's the master of the whole thing but um there's like this you know there, there's there's different guys and 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 if you kind of get a feel for what is needed for the song and if you come up with the right ideas and make the song shine and make the, the artist shine that's what they want and then you get booked again and somehow they booked me again so maybe my taste was right <laughs> yeah how inspiring that's a great story so <clears throat> going from session work now thomas to definitely still fiddling around with your your mixing and doing more recording tinkering around and whatnot um to you because i was going to ask you do you produce your own music is that something that you like to and when i say produce i'm i'm talking a little bit more than the traditional sense like are you recording and then do you bring the mixes home and and do you re do you do you do the mixes um, or do you like to take a step back from your artistic side of your songs and have someone else's approach well, I tried it so hard to have other people mixing my songs. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, my first solo record took four producers, four. And, and they, they, by now, some of them have even big names. And right. uh, I wasn't happy with, I was happy with some songs because, you know, I, it was just, I, did, I, I had the arrangement, I... Okay, I was kind of the producer, but they were doing all the engineering and they all, you know, took decisions on, on how to mic up the, the drums and etc. all that stuff. But then when it came to the mixing, some of the songs turned out to be the way I liked them and others not. So mm. I had re-recorded, even completely re-recorded a few songs that I wasn't happy with. And then... Um, out of those, I had a certain percentage. I was happy th with those. And then I, I, I brought in a third producer and the fourth was me. But to be honest, I'm not the best. I'm, but the thing is, I could learn from the others. And then without the others, I could have never got to the level to get my vision done. Um, so it, it needed to have all the three steps but I couldn't afford a fourth producer, so I had to do it myself. <laughs> so you did mix, you, you actually yeah. mixed your, your first debut album. You were the fourth producer on it. And, and tell me a little bit about, um, tell me about that. How do you feel like you've grown as a producer or a mix, mixing engineer on that side of things compared to where you are now? And, and, and just remind me, what date was that album? Oh, well, this was somewhere in the 1990s. Maybe maybe ninety maybe recorded ninety three or well, I have to look it up <laughs> for too long ago. But yeah. the thing the thing is um, there is a magic about do, about doing that session work or about being in the studio and you know I I lived that studio life at least for twenty years in a way, wow. but I came to, to the point in my life where I decided. I'm, I want to step more into being a live guitar player and an amp designer. 
because there's nothing wrong about what I've done in the past, but it's like, you know, um, being an artist, the, the question is, when I'm a producer, um, I feel more like I'm a craftsman. I'm, I'm somebody that, that does, you know, some, some craftsmanship to the music of somebody else or my own music. But when I play the guitar in front of the audience, it's just this one rare moment, which you also get in the studio. But on stage, is, this is what it's all about. And so I decided I want to focus on these elements for now. You never know mm. what I will do when I'm 20 years older. But, you know, this, there was like a phase where I was that kind of studio guy that really was hot to go into the studio waiting for the next phone call. Hey, we got this, uh, hey, uh, you know, and they sent me emails. And the, 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 the hardest story ever was um, working with a producer like on a regular basis. They knew me and they sent me tracks and I just was recording it here at home at, at my setup. I got my ISO cap uh, upstairs and and they, and they trusted me, you know, do the arrangement. So what should it be? They said, make it sound English. What is sounding English? But I knew because I worked with them a lot so I could get a feel for it, what they meant by, it. okay, make it sound right. British. So, and you know, and this, the phone call was like, uh, half almost close to midnight you know and I said okay by when do you need the tracks um, and they said like well the vocalists come tomorrow morning at nine it would be great if you could do it now <laughs> and wow. you know and and so I recorded that like at midnight I finished at three in the morning the next morning nine o'clock they they put it in they put in my my tracks in in their arrangement they recorded the vocals, they mixed it the rest of the week and Saturday that the whole track was number one in Germany. I couldn't believe wow. that. Wow. You know, that's the, the fastest thing ever, you know, and it's make it sound British, you know, and I'm, okay, fair enough. Here's a few tracks, you know, you know what to do. You know, this, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, wow. This, Remote this, recording. This. Remote recording. <laughs> you, it can be done and you can get number ones overnight, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? And, and sometimes I spent hours and days doing little things and nobody did care about it. I mean, maybe I like it, but, uh, you know, some, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Well, look, moving into your products a little bit, talking about the Amp One, um, I do have some questions around this. My, my, um, my main question is, um, the Amp One seems to be so accommodating for a lot of situations, a lot of amps and sort of new technology we're seeing now, they almost lock you in to, to not really being able to do anything else apart from use that one piece of equipment in many ways. But right. with your amp, um, I'm just thinking of a couple of different experiences. I, I, I record with it. I actually, when I record with it, I take a, a, a line out from the 8-ohm um, output. Yeah, speaking of... Yep, I go into my focus right. I put a pad on my focus right. Yeah, and then I put a uh, a Celestian impulse response. And there you go. Logic. Yeah, and it's a vintage thirty. I have a fifty-seven and a one twenty-one. I blend them together, and and I'm just blown away every time. It's just so easy now. But yeah. there's that approach to it. Um, I've also been in. Um, I've been in a studio experience where they said, okay, well, we've got this, this Fender amp. And I was like, yeah, I want to use the Fender amp. I couldn't get it. I couldn't get the gain or the distortion that I wanted or the overdrive. I was tweaking and we were really short on time. So when I got my amp one and I used it as an effects pedal, um, it worked perfectly. Um, <laughs> I've used my amp one as a headphone amp mm -hmm. when, when I've been away, because why not? Um, it, uh, there seems to be more and every time I'm, I open up my booklet for the amp one or I watch one of your amazing videos mm -hmm. I seem to learn something more and I'm just wondering are, are some of these happy accidents are some of these just things that have just worked out or did you have this plan all along I know well, that was a really loaded and hard question uh, no 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 no, 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 no. It, 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 it's, it's okay you know I try design to design products um, that offer more than just one-trick ponies, okay? There's nothing wrong about one-trick ponies. I mean, if you have a guitar with one pickup that sounds great 
and you have no tone control and no whammy bar, the only thing you can do is play. Okay, fair enough. Okay, but me being, you know, there's my custom controls and there is this little extra socket for that can be MIDI and it can be a foot switch and it can hold the remote and oh, how does, does this work with only one socket? That's like me being the thinker about three levels, you know, it's like um, there's always the, the most obvious level. It's like, okay, this thing is designed to be a guitar amp. It says, you know, M1 and a blue guitar. So this is mm -hmm. obvious. But you can do lots more with it. You can record harmonica with it. Um, and as you said, you, you can use it as an, a, 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 a stomp box overdrive, but you can use it as a power amp by itself. Um, you can use it to replace your beloved vintage Marshalls. You can use it uh, and tweak it uh, so it, it makes a modern rock tone or you know all that stuff um, for me it's um, you know I try to max out little things and so I give you options and you discover of course some of the options and there's still yeah. some options that are still that's, waiting for you <laughs> that's my question is how much did you how much are you ahead of everyone else and like well, this is a cool little thing that they're going to discover at some point or when they need it, it's there. And and have you had any things where people are like, hey, by the way, I use the AMP one for this. And you're like, oh my gosh, I hadn't even considered that that could be a thing. Yeah, okay, two, 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 two answers of that. Of course, there's a lot of this, no, 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 no. I, I, I designed it Easter that way. Eggs. Yeah, yeah. You, will, you will discover in a few years that, that that's something um, of course it's always on my list because I'm that kind of guy you know there's yeah. always a sec another layer underneath it um, but on the other hand there's stuff like hey guys um, somebody from the Netherlands the other day he discovered the zero gain mode which is also possible on your amp but which mm. is a standard feature on on the Mercury edition and he kind of likes to gain from his pedals and he likes the character from the channels, but the way he combines it is like, oh, I went in that direction, but I've never went that far. And so mm. I got really inspired by what the guy was doing, you know? But, you know, there's other tricks I, I can show you. So this is my foot Please, switch, yeah. but I can get it off. And, you know, if this one day would be dirty or broken, I can clip it yeah. in. And it's just like, okay, I'm a magician. So, this yeah. is repaired, you know, and this is this is this is done by design, and this is the way I get it off again. So this is, um, you know, other people. Th this are the little little details I haven't showed you, but I know how to do the things like that. And um, how rewarding! How rewarding and inspiring is it to see people pushing the the possibilities of what you're designing? Like when you see people doing stuff like that, it, it that must just be the most incredible thing. Absolutely. Um, but generally, if I hear somebody play my amp or my whatever I do, and I, I can feel that, I, that they are happy with it, this makes me so happy. You know, mm -hmm. because for me, I know what I've done and I'm happy myself. But the, the, rewarding, the most rewarding feeling is if I see somebody that does something with what I've created that inspires me, say, hey man, you play whatever, so beautiful, or, oh, I haven't thought of that, you know? And this is, this is, yeah, that's, that's, a, that, that's some very uh, fulfill, full, full, fulfilling and rewarding emotions uh, for Absolutely. me. Yeah. Well, okay, so let me ask you this. Um, I think, I mean, and you, you might get sick of this kind of question, but I think um, it's it's safe to say quite often we see the amp one and other amp ones uh, other products that look basically don't look like guitar amps get lumbered in with the Kemper profiler um, side of things. Um, but your amp it, it's a real guitar amp. There's I know I've I've seen a couple of people slightly complain that there's a little bit of buzz and hum on the vintage channel and stuff and i'm thinking yeah because it's a hundred watt guitar amp it's the real deal 
Yeah. We know there's a little valve in in the amp one. For those of us that aren't engineers, um yeah. and and just see a little thing glowing. Um not to say it's not doing anything, but what would the amp one sound like if you took that out? So could you maybe just talk us through what that valve and what those parts yeah. are doing yeah, to I contribute? Mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, the first thing which is fundamental of the M1 is that it's all analog. So, you know, usually a device of that size would be a digital processor. I'm not saying digital technology is bad, no, but I'm saying it's a different type of technology, which means your analog guitar will be converted into the digital domain and then it will be processed on the digital domain and then it will be re converted into analog signal for your guitar speaker and this amp1 is all analog from input to output just like the old school tube amp and what i've done in the channels and in the power amp is just to recreate what i learned in all my years being an amp designer uh, what in the real tube amps is happening in every little section in every little stage in the signal path from the first tube to the next to the next to the next to the output transformer blah 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 and the only job that i've done is knowing what's going on there and using a different lower voltage schematic technology to do the same effects but without using the big tubes right. I, i mean Uh, there's nothing wrong about big tubes. I'm just trying to get the same magic with different parts. And many people have tried to do that. And, you know, we, we know a lot of uh, units that have a kind of tube built in our valve uh, and this valve state uh, by Vox, for example. But then there's only one and the rest is kind of standard transistor technology. My approach is a different one. It's like every stage in the real tube amp has to be recreated without any compromise. And I can use transistors to do it for certain stages, but some stages at the real tube that I use here is doing something good for that. Which is, so here's my message. It's not that tube does everything and all the rest is standard. No, the whole design is on a different level. It's complementing each other. Absolutely. And, and, it's, and it is not as simple as most people think. It's like, oh, it's got a tube, it's a tube amp. No, wait a minute. It is a hybrid amp using all kinds of technologies. It's using a tube. It's using class D, which is not converting the signal. That's the difference to digital. Okay, now is the question, what do you understand by digital power amp? You know, is class D digital or is it, where, where do you start? For me, it's It is not really digital, especially not my design, because my design is not the same standard chip that everybody uses, that you can buy OEM from you know, some manufacturer and uh, there's your power and you can write 200 watts or 500 watts and whatever. It's most efficient. No, this is designed using that technology, but it's using a design style that is different from the standard ones that tries to recreate what's happening in the old tube amps with like two output a b kind of things mm -hmm. and that and this is in a different technology it's happening here with the class d but it's not the standard class d so that's you know every this is why it's so complex um, it's also so complex to explain but it mm. all leads back to one one thing is i know what the real tube amps are doing and i recreate every section of the tube amp using different components but giving the same kind of processing to the analog sound as it's happening with the, the real tubes and this is what I'm doing and this little nano tube which which is in here um, is doing um, its job in the power amp stage most people think oh it's a small tube it must be in the preamp because mm. this is what they learned in the past no this tube works in the power amp And this is right. responsible to get the feel of the power amp the way a, a, a tube power amp feels. Mm -hmm. 
I love it. It's that is just so clever. And um, I have to I'm going to have to re-listen to this part of the podcast over and over to really understand. But thank you for explaining it so elegantly. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was fantastic. A couple more questions for you, Thomas, if that's OK. Yeah. Um, you are out on the road. You've had a producer call you up, says, hey, we need to make a number one hit by 9 a.m. tomorrow morning because the vocalist is coming in. You've, you've got your laptop. You've got your amp one. What are you going to do to create a, a great guitar tone that you would feel confident sending over? For me, it's very simple. I use my own blue box. Wait a minute. This one is having the tape on it. See, sticky tape. No, this is the Perfect. blue box. And the blue box is the emulation of 16 of the cabinets that I used over the last three decades being a session guide. So mm. there is my Vox AC30 cabinet, there is my Fender collection, blah, 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 three, four, five Fenders in there, and all my, my beloved Marshall caps. And, um, and this is the easiest tool because you simply dial in the speaker and there's one control that decides the mic position and uh, that's it. It's like what you do with UIR um, and you have this the one that you like the best combination and that's it. And this is kind of my 16 favorites. So this, right. this is something I'm, I'm doing, but I'm honest, I always have a dry signal to be able to do other things. Because in the production, you never know which direction the producer wants to go on the next level. Maybe they want to do a remix and they need a guitar in a totally different style. And then it's great to have a unprocessed or unfiltered or um, unmiked signal, you know, so, so you are free to, to, to do other things. So I to would always... in other ways. Yeah. 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 So I, I, was, I would always leave options. And if you have something else at hand, which sounds good to you, record it. I mean, today it's not having a two-inch tape anymore that costs uh, whatever, 300 bucks uh, a reel. And uh, no, it's, it, you know, it's some hard drive space and that's, that's all. So go for it. I love it. Um, last question then, because um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. And by the way, folks, I am a big subscriber, big fan of uh, Thomas's YouTube channel because there are hours of hours upon hours <laughs> and hours of things and tricks and secrets. I mean, like you must be up to you've done 15 episodes, right, of your tone, of your of your Academy of Tone. Well, tomorrow is I think is tomorrow I'll do number 19. 19 and they are the best part of two hours long yeah right yeah there's there's mostly two hours sometimes it's two hours 15 sometimes it's you know one hour 45 but uh, around two hours yeah and there's it's literally most... days of 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 um information and advice yeah. it's incredible and I, I often have them on around the house and, and just learning more about how to get it i mean I, I find one, I've watched it a couple of times now, this section where you just basically clone an AC30. You just <laughs> like, here's an AC30. Here it is now on the amp one. And it's amazing. Yeah. And I've done the same thing with, with some classic tones like ACDC. And then I had another episode uh, of um, Van Halen. Then I had another one, Ingvi. And, you know, a, a few classic ones just to to explain the what I always call the cooking recipe, how to get sounds. And sometimes it's done with the combination of uh, a certain guitar, a pedal and the amp one, or the original amp. You know, I have an amp switcher mm-hmm. and I, I have a huge collection of amplifiers as well. So it's always good to have reference points. So I really go and have my 1967 Black Flag Marshall, you know, my, the one that I'm so proud of, because that's the one that sounded the best with the real, you know, Muller tubes and it's, it's the one and then I have my AB switcher and then I dial in my M1 and after a few minutes it's like I'm, I'm even shocked myself it's like man you know it's scary it is you know? scary it really is and just just going on top of what you've done already um I did I did ask permission if we can if I can ask you a couple of questions about the new product the amp x that you have coming out um <clears throat> I guess I, I don't know if I'll get the answer but do you have a date in mind is there a time we could be looking forward to that 
Well, let's put it that way. I put on the website coming in 2021. So this is okay. definitely, uh, um, th th this is something I can keep. I try, I try to play my first gig with it the New Year's Eve. So this okay. is my first, that's, that's my personal goal. And therefore, this is, this is the big point. The unit must be working in all aspects, which is the MX is so complex. Um, it is all analog, just like the M1, but it's digitally controlled. And the MX is able to recreate any amp that I have seen. And by the way, um, I'm, I just moved the camera. Come on, I do it now because this is like part of the thing. Okay, see, this is my, my little pedal collection that I... Yes. Um, that I had the other day for testing the MX pedal section and what you know I wanted to make sure that the MX is able to recreate the pedals that I have here and there's like a boost section and there's a drive section and um, and there's an amp section but the amp section is so complex it takes me like one day to recreate one amp and then it takes another day so i can't really do that i have done this and i'm confident that it will can do any amp but when i finished the drive section i wasn't so sure and then i i brought in you know my you know you know some of these pedals which are you know, a Range Master mm -hmm. Travel Booster, original one from 1960, blah, 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 which wow. is a very unique or a diamond uh, compressor. And I put, I, the, 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 the drive section is not, and, and the boost section is not so com complex, so I could spend 10 minutes and see if I can get that compressor going. And I thought after 10 minutes, okay, I can do it, no problem. Next, let me see if I can, if I can clone that kind of thing. And I can do it. And then I done the next one, and then it's like, okay, after 30 minutes, I gave up. I had all, like, okay, it's good. Let's let's finish the design. And wow. Um, the, the the big point on the MX is, and this is why, it will take its time. Um, it's it's everything. That I'm working on the project for the last two and a half or even three years. So that's 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 is this is how. And, and of course, the thoughts go back even further. But um, the, the complexity of the X is you have like a so flexible analog design schematic that has so many parameters that if you tweak one knob inside my schematics, it doesn't do anything. It just does a little thing. So it's like 150 that I have to change, which kind of turns my schematic into a different one of that amp and then I can judge it. So, and now I'm at the level where my software guy, which I can't do, is writing um, the software, how to control all these parameters. The, the analog side, the signal path, that's clear. I know it works and it will do the job. But now it's it's the part of how to get it controlled and we have to, to use uh, also um, some, some neural functions, uh, neural um, combinations. This is why, why we call it neural analog technology and, and, and the kind of um, artificial intelligence, no, so, some kind of intelligent learning. So for right. the customer, it's just, oh, this is your amp, whatever, your beloved Marshall, whatever, or my big tone amplifier at the back. And if I turn the treble knob on that amplifier, if I do, the, the same model in my MX, the travel should be just like that and not just wow. like any, you know. So I want to go That's there. That's amazing. Yeah. And this is my goal. And maybe you, you know how passionate I am and, 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 and it's, you know, it, it needs to, done, to be done properly and it's, and it's finished when it's finished. So um, there will be something, um, yeah, the good thing is we have parts that already work, you know, Great. done. And, but some, some parts take its time and I don't want to rush. This is, this will be, no. this will be my contribution to, to amp designs because, um, 
I had this, this, this dream in my head for so many years. Mm. And, and um, so that, that, this, this, this will be done right, and then it, it's finished. And when it's finished, you'll see it. <laughs> well, do you think you're going to take a break after this next amp? Are you going to no. take a break, or is it a little bit like an album? You're like, okay, great, that's out. Now I'm going to start writing yeah. the next one. Yeah, yeah. but you know, um, the, the thing about the Amp X will be um, when the hardware is finished, then there will be like a software uh, version one, um, which offers you already a, a big uh, variety of amps and effects. But the beauty is I can take the time and get even the weirdest fuzz boxes in there and I can get different compressors and 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 so it, it will, it's an ongoing project which means over the next years I can have my whole collection just in this tiny box and um, so that's the job uh, f for myself uh, on the one hand and of course if if I'm getting bored I can uh, I have more things in my head and there's also music waiting and you know blah 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 <laughs> wow well look thomas I, I i really can't thank you enough for spending so much time with me today um i'm a big fan of what you do i use your product on a daily basis um i love your guitar playing and i love how passionate you are and and that makes other people passionate so thank you for 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 doing everything you do and spending two or three hour long video live episodes <laughs> every week and, and talking us through more ideas because I know people get so much out of it. But for those who are, um, you know, looking to record at home, I have to say this is, like I said at the beginning, I use it. I record my guitars. I'm always so happy with this. Sometimes I just use the record out. Sometimes I don't even use an, an IR. I just go straight into the interface and, and then straight into the... And I record a lot of demos that way because I need to just throw and go. Um, so this is a wonderful, very cost-effective in the long run situation for anyone who is on the who is a part of this channel because they can't afford to record, which is <laughs> in many ways what the, what the whole thing's about. But Thomas, yeah. uh, just thanks so much. I really, really appreciate it. Big, big pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for having me. We'll see each other again very soon. I'm sure. Bye. <laughs>